Hey everybody, good afternoon. It's uh, October 18th, and I hope the uh, month of October has served you well. Um, it's been really quick. I, you know, the older I get, time just keeps moving. It's unparalleled to anything I have ever experienced up to this point. Um, my kids are just growing so fast, and just time is fleeting. So try to enjoy every moment as it comes. Um, so today I want to talk a little about a little bit about the economy, the economic crisis um, that we're facing, and a so-called recession, and what we have to look forward to. And again, these are opinions. None of this is based on an expert opinion. Just somebody who reads the news. And what I hope is that at the end of this podcast, you have a more positive understanding of where we're headed. You know, the thing about our government in general that I really can't stand, and I mean I can't stand it, is when something bad happens... The media is very quick to spin it to make a conservative Republican look really bad. But when a Democrat's in office, it's almost like it goes unreported. It's almost like it goes unreported because it undermines what they're trying to achieve here, which is less freedom. Now, I'm going to read a BBC article here in a minute to provide some context. In 2017, Donald Trump went to the UN and they sat in this really tiny room and they discussed NATO, Europe, and Germany's gross incompetence when it came to its energy dependence on Russia. And having understood that Russia had positioned itself to invade Crimea years earlier, it made little to no sense to not just build one pipeline, but two pipelines from northern Russia to Germany. And they called these Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. Now, over the years in Europe, the leftist perspective has been to eliminate fossil fuel energy. In Germany, for the better part of the Industrial Revolution, spent the lion's share of its existence producing coal and using that as a form of generation utility. Now, because of the Global Climate Peace Accord, whatever the hell that's called, and this far-left bullshit about global warming, a lot of countries uh, have been cutting back from their um, fossil fuel production. When Japan had that massive tsunami that bankrupted an energy company, 
um, West, Westinghouse. And Fukushima occurred, and we had a Chernobyl-like event occur in Japan. By the way, the media still doesn't cover the falling out that has occurred from that nuclear reactor, which is still live and active. Um, Europe panicked, and they started shutting off nuclear reactors because they don't want to find themselves in a position where God forbid one of their nuclear power plants goes nuclear, right? Wrong term, but there you go. So Germany now depends on Russia, like 85% of its energy dependence comes from Russia in the form of natural gas. And it's a very expensive process. It's called like liquid to gas. It's LT or LTG or something like that, or gas to G GTL, one of the others. And what happens is, is that in Russia, they mine this natural gas, they liquefy it, and then they begin to pump it through these very cold pipes, thousands of miles to Germany. And then Germany then has to turn this liquid gas into a gas state and then set it on fire, and that's how they create energy. The problem is Nord Stream 2 just got blown up. Um, Russia has cut back their exporting of natural gas to Germany by nearly 80%. And now Europe is in the process of about ready to feel a winter that they haven't felt in quite a while. They are going to be burning magazines and 55-gallon drums in their house. That's where they're at. And this is all something that Donald Trump warned about. And this isn't stroking Donald Trump and his ego, but he was right. Europe made a gastrically horrible decision when it came to the sovereignty of their country. And see, this plays into the hands of the Russians because now you've got a bunch of Europeans freezing their asses off because they position themselves to turn off all their fossil fuels and turn off all of their nuclear reactors and become solely dependent on the, the Kremlin and Russia for their energy needs. Now, what makes this even worse is that Europe has a second supplier in Qatar that wants to build a pipeline from Qatar all the way through the Mediterranean, around Spain and Portugal, up through France and out through Germany. And they want a 20-year contract. Basically says that Europe will use this pipeline for their own energy needs. Well, I'm sorry, but that's insane. First of all, the fact that you're going to build a pipeline that wraps around Europe to get to Germany, all in an effort to supply you with natural gas, when you yourself should have been fielding these problems on your own long before we got to this point. And we've talked about energy with Europe and the United States. 
Wind power doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a lot of people. Solar power only works out west where they get a tremendous amount of sunlight. Natural gas works really well in places like Europe and the northeast of the United States and the New England states. Wind power works in coastal areas, but it's still not very profitable. And when you talk about global emissions, one windmill produces 10 times the carbon footprint it would have had it not existed. So it takes that windmill years to become energy neutral when it comes to its carbon footprint. Nothing the left, nothing that Europe is doing is working. Nothing. And now you're going to test the resolve of people in Denmark and Germany and all throughout Europe this winter because your politics were completely blind to the fact that Russia has got you by the proverbial balls. And if you're a German, and to my German listeners, I know you're out there, I would be absolutely petrified. And this isn't a scare tactic. It's not. But in your history books, Berlin was split in two between the United States and Russia. And, and you know how that planned out. You know how that worked out. Didn't work out too well for you. Gerhard Schrauder, my German friends. Does he ring a bell? This dude is a piece of shit. Mr. Gerd Schroeder. Now, this dude was a politician... And in the United States, we call him a fundamental lobbyist who has padded his wallet with Russian rubles for the last two decades, averaging a million dollars a year from their war chest for helping facilitate the Nord Stream 1 pipeline from northern Russia to Germany. This dude's still getting paid for that shit. And then what happens? Then you get... Angela Merkel, Miss Angela Merkel and her beautiful face. Oh my God, she's so beautiful. I'm just kidding. She decides to help double down with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline around the same time that Gerhard Schroeder decided that he wanted to start becoming a fundamental lobbyist for the energy firms for Russia. Dude, this is a Russian bankroll all the way. This has been a Russian chess match with Germany for the last two decades, and Germany is getting its ass kicked. And why is this whole conversation being brought up when we're talking about the economy? We're almost 12 minutes into this podcast, and I've been talking about Germany the whole time. Because the root of all of our world wars have occurred at the root of Germany. Love y'all. But you need to stop voting for these pandy-ass bitches. They're just candy-ass bitches. You had World War I, big dick energy from Germany. World War II, super big dick energy with the fascist Nazi bullshit. And now you've got Gerhard Schroeder 
and NATO and the UN basically uniting under this dude and allowing them to over leverage themselves. And now we have another Cold War as a result of it, which ultimately is going to lead Germany, NATO and Europe against Russia for the next 20 to 30 years. Now, I can, I'm going to have another podcast about Russia and where I think they're headed. And it's not going to be a grim picture for Russia, big picture. Because I do see Russia splitting up into three countries roughly in the next 50 years. And I think that this Ukrainian-Russian conflict is going to basically bankroll the United States and Europe into helping fund Russia's demise long term and there might even be instances where China absorbs some of the territories of Russia because the Russian government cannot maintain its sovereignty in those regions. That's a real possibility. But we will digress for the time being and understand that the lion's share of the Russian economy is built on fossil fuels, on those industries, and ensuring that they get paid that way. And it's in Europe and the United States' best interest to cut its ties with them. And I, my heart breaks for the people of Germany and Europe because they're going to have a really, really cold-ass winter. But your policies, your policies that you voted for over the last 30 years have been progressively bad because you wanted to put the cart before the horse. You wanted your green energy and you can't produce enough green energy to keep the lights on. You wanted to have your cake and you wanted to eat it too. And as a result of that, we are looking down the barrel of a shotgun and there's no good answer. So now that we've moved on from Mr. Gerhard Schroeder and Angela Merkel, the old oligarchs of Europe, of Western Europe, what is going on in Ukraine? Well, the current event on Ukraine is that right now they have basically fought off the Russian forces in central Ukraine and western Ukraine, and they basically secluded them to where they originally wanted to focus on in July. They tried to advance. They tried to throw some top, some some tanks in in Kiev, and that didn't work out. And the Ukrainian military is just being massively supported by Joe Biden, who has everything to do with this war, by the way. And the big dick energy that Trump had prevented this from happening. And 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 if you're Russia, and I'm not siding with the Russians here, but Ruslan most certainly had a reason to be kind of pissed off post-Cold War era. Because NATO and the UN and the United States promised we would not advance further west or further east of Berlin. And since then, we've added a ton of countries. Tons. I'm not even going to give it credit right now. But just know, it's a lot. The UN has expanded much of the Russian bloc countries, the Soviet-era countries, have been absorbed by NATO and the UN, and Russia is falling apart at the seams. So we have energy woes in Europe. We have a war in Ukraine. 
between Russia and Ukraine, which is causing all kinds of problems. But at this point, the price of gas is not higher now because of the war in Ukraine. It is higher because of supply chain issues, OPEC, which refuses to produce more barrels, and yes, the ugly monster called inflation. So you have this perfect storm of Russia getting castrated, it being its war chest being every single day, the war chest is just getting shrunk more and more. And the ruble is actually being propped up by the central bank in Russia. And eventually that's going to go away. And then they're going to have to print and then hyperinflation. And then you know the story. But in the United States, how do Americans, how are they going to face the next 10 months? Right now, the United States population is still spending money more so than they did in 2019. And part of that has to do with the fact that everything costs more. But it's roughly year to year, 10% higher this year than it was last year. And we were still at the beginning of inflation. There is no evidence to suggest that we are in a hard recession. But we are in a weird time. Because the Central Bank of the United States, the Fed, injected trillions of dollars into the economy. They propped up companies. They did all kinds of weird ass shit propping up small businesses. There's a lot of money that there's a lot of shadow money going on from that injection. And we don't know where it's all at and how it's being spent. There was a lot of crony bullshit that took place. And I assure you, at some point, people are going to go to jail for that one. But what does the United States do over the course of the next 365 days? Because a lot's going to happen after the election. And then for my fan, for my fans in Europe, I love the fact that you guys listen to my podcast. Um, and if you don't know much about um, the United, United States civics and our Constitution, um, we have a big election coming up in November. All right. And in November, we're going to have a lot of what we call midterm elections, which means the president, unfortunately, is still going to be there for the next two years. And we have senators and representatives and congressmen and governors and different kinds of um, open seats that are going to be um, open for election in all of our 50 states. And there are certain states that are more important than others, right? Like right now, there's a big one between Dr. Oz in, in Pennsylvania and this Fetterman cat. There's Bo Jackson. No, it's not Bo Jackson. It's Herschel Walker down in Georgia. Whether or not he wins in Georgia, I don't know. There are certain races that are what we call swings that can go one way or the other. And it could be plus a seat or minus a seat in our Congress in the congressional districts and in our Senate and in our House. So those vote those elections matter. And our media in the United States is so crony. And fascist, despite the fact that it pretends not to be crony and fascist, um, it doesn't report news basically from August to November to until the election. And then after election, 
they start unraveling bullshit on the American people during the holidays as more and more shit happens. Unfortunately, we have the holidays, right? We have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas. We have New Year's, right? The shit doesn't really hit the fan historically until January because of the way our elections are set up. Because people take a lot of time off. People don't want to kill people on Christmas. So the media is not covering any of this shit. And they're waiting until the midterms. And then we got the holidays. And then the shit hits the fan in January. Then we have our new um, president-elect or new congressional-elect. And they all do their, their own backdoor shit. And they all pad their pockets with big lobbying dollars from companies like Amazon and Pfizer and Apple. That That's what happens in this country. And there has been a call for capitalism being more regulated over the last couple years. Because pure capitalism is not really good either. Just like pure communism isn't good. No communism is good. But you get my point. Capitalism, even at its worst, is significantly better than communism at its worst, right? You got to believe that. So what's going to inevitably occur is in January, we're going to start seeing news leak. And you're going to have the Ukrainian conflict come into play. You're going to have Europe and its energy crisis becoming more into play. You're going to have shortages again because of supply chain issues. And then the doll, we're going to have a rapid deflationary period, I predict, somewhere in the, at the end of Q1, which is in March, and Q2, which is April and May. And I think that deflationary period is going to be very bad because shit that people bought from 2021 to 2022 that cost more is now going to either sit completely stagnant for a certain amount of time, or it's going to go down in value. Whether that's houses, whether that's cars, whether that's whatever. But then what's going to happen is that the Fed, it's been clenching its little fist and been raising rates up. And they're probably going to do another three quarters of a basis point this month. And 2023 is going to be painful in its own right. Because borrowing money is going to be expensive. People's houses are going to be going down. And at some point, the, the Fed's going to have to say, okay, we're done raising rates for now. And at that point, we're going to get a real indication of where we are. Companies are now going to say, okay, we know where the line is now. Are we going to hire? Or are we going to fire? Right? People are either going to stop spending or they're going to keep buying because they're going to feel like they got shit on from from buying these over expensive assets. And there are going to be people that said, you know, I'm paying $3,500 a month for this house and it's only worth $2,700. That's $800 a month. I'm just not going to pay it. Banks are going to have to absorb that. And then we have another crisis all over again. So what has to happen is there needs to be a slow draw out of how the, the Fed and the United States government goes about doing it. But the problem is, is that you've got this nasty thing in China too that is 
very much impacting the way the labor market works, and they're very much impacting the way our real estate market works because they own shit. You've got banks right now bankrolling residential properties for the first time in history on a massive scale. Chase, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, they're all buying up houses and they're just holding them and they're giving them to firms and they're renting them out. Now, 24 minutes in, we've talked about Germany, we've talked about the United States, we've talked about the bankroll, we've talked about interest rates, we've talked about the Fed and the, and, and the central banks all around the world. What's going to inevitably occur is that there's going to be a reset on how the economy works. It's just going to change. And what's wise for my listeners is that you don't get incredibly bullish on anything for a while. Even if it seems like a really good idea. Whether it's buying a home or going to the store and seeing that you can get two for one for half a half, and save yourself 12%. No. It's time to be practical and understand your limitations. Save your money. You don't know what's going to happen. You need capital and you need capital always. We can't predict really who wants to run for president, who the big companies are going to back. We can't predict what Russia is going to do or what the Ukrainian people are going to do. We can't predict what Europe's going to do. We just know that our government, the United States, is going to continue to spend billions of dollars to ensure that Ukraine can support itself against the Russian hall that is the military. Which, by the way, I hear they've lost over 100,000 young people fighting this war. Morale is at an all-time low. Higher-up officers are commanding that their enlisted go down and get into the trenches and start working, but they don't have any non-commissioned corps, so it's just officers and then the lower. And they're, and they're dying. And you've got drafts that are being talked about in Russia for the first time in quite a while. People that are from the age of 18 to 35 are being asked to fill out a form and send it back because they might have a draft. And they're even draft talking about drafting people above the age of 35, right? So we're, we're, we are really at a crossroads here because Russia is slowly spending itself into a non-existent category. You've got Europe that tries to stand on its big soapbox and act like it's better than everybody. But holy shit, listen, Germans, I love you. I'm German. I'm English, I'm Polish, I'm Russian, I'm all those things. And I've got love for this entire region of the world. But we got to stop being the center of the attention all the time. We got to quit acting like we're better than everybody else. We got to quit passing policies that fuck us. We need to quit acting like we know everything. It is nice to not have to have a combustion engine, but it's not practical right now. It is nice not to have to worry about a nuclear reactor blowing up next door, but it's something you can't afford right now. It is nice to not have gas or coal, 
but right now it's what you got to deal with. Because guess what? Even if Mr. Albert Einstein came back from the dead, he would not be able to solve the energy crisis that exists in this world because it's too fucking complicated. And what we need to understand is that we have limitations, okay? And how we do that is by diversifying our generation portfolio. That means if you have natural gas, use a little bit of that. If you have coal, use a little bit of that. If you've got solar, use a little bit of that. Wind, use a little bit of that. Diversify as much as you can. And whatever you can't, you need to learn to raise your hand and ask for help. But not ask the guy with the bad grades for help. Because that's what you did. You're getting the, your grades, you're, you're cheating off the guy next to you who gets D's. And that's Russia. You need to stop doing that. The United States and NATO has warned you time and time again to quit cheating on your tests with Russia and you keep doing it. And now you're in a position to where your people could potentially be freezing their asses off in the wintertime. And Europe is going to go into a deep recession as a result of it. And the United States will not because it's going to be paying for your candy. You're going to be paying us for our shit. The next year is going to be interesting, folks. And I just, I, I exercise a little caution. If, you know, cut back on your spending. Don't eat out as much. Go to Sam's Club or Costco to fill up your gas tank if it all, if it all costs you can. And be sweet to one another. Be kind. And and understand that this will pass, but this is a this this isn't just on Germany. This is just isn't on Europe. This is on the United States. This is on our foreign policies. This is on who we vote for. And I think it's funny. People thought Trump was going to drive us into a nuclear Armageddon, but it it wasn't. It was Joe Biden, because he is the the the, pol- the Ukrainian czar that is making a ton of money, and so is his son. Wake up, folks. There's a, there's a smoke trail. Follow the follow the smoke. It's got Joe Biden and his family's name all over it. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I guys, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And as always, please share my podcast with your friends. If at all, subscribe. That's always a good plus. And everybody love everybody.